Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming to you for the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. We have a wonderful guest today. We have Paula Allen from the Tell Me Stories podcast, a podcast where she takes you backstage to t- where she has uh, musicians and some comedians uh, tell her stories. Uh, wonderful podcast. It was someone I found on Twitter through the wonderful hashtag Potter and Family. Uh, I was listening to it, and then we were talking online, and we just uh, ended up doing a podcast together because she's so wonderful and we had so much fun. Paula is full of energy. I think you'll hear it in her voice. I remember being on the video and she's like, we were talking on Skype and she's just moving around a ton and so passionate and so energetic. And I think it comes off in this episode. I know it comes off in her podcast, Tell Me Stories podcast. Um, I really like talking to people who have a passion for what they're doing. Um, she loves music, man. This person loves music. It's so wonderful. Now, if you're listening to this episode in real time, I'm a little sorry for it to be posted late. A bit of a comedy of errors, if you will. I uh, was editing it, and let's, uh, there was a technical difficulty, which I was able to fix, which took longer, and then all of a sudden I got really sick, and I was like, fuck this, I'll do it tomorrow. So, episode's up late, but if you're not listening to this in real time, you can ignore this part. Now, do me a huge favor. Make sure you check out Tell Me Stories Podcast with Paula Allen. You can go online at tellmestoriespodcast.com. She's on Twitter at stories underscore podcast. Of course, everything we will post all the links that we talk about on the Core Temp Arts webpage, coretemparts.com. And make sure you follow me on uh, Twitter. That'd be so much fun. I love hearing from people. Um, ever since the, the Split Cider and HuffPo uh, press, if you will, I've had noticed a lot more people coming on and having some great interactions. I have some wonderful guests coming up, so please subscribe. Do me a huge favor. If you want to support the show in any way, just write me a nice iTunes review. I don't want your money. I just want your iTunes review. Uh, that would really mean the world to me. And just say hi on Twitter, at Let's Chat Podcast. Find me on the Facebook page. And, uh, God, I got nothing else for you. I hope you guys all have a wonderful Memorial Day. I just came back from an amazing wedding. I don't know if you listened, but Jenny Lee and Tyler, congratulations. Let's get to it. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Pop This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com. You're Canadian, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're in Ontario, according to your Twitter? I am, yeah. <laughs> I've been to Toronto once, and I loved it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you go? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this is actually music related. Um, I was fresh out of high school. Maybe, no, my first, it was my, the first summer of my freshman year of college. Uh, the Get Up Kids, my, one of my favorite bands was breaking up. And my friends and I couldn't handle our youth ending. So instead of going to see them in New Jersey or Worcester, uh, Massachusetts in the States, we were like, let's go see them in Toronto. So we went up to Toronto for like four days and it was fucking <laughs> awesome. That's a fun trip. And yeah, what a great city. It's really clean, really diverse, great food, uh, very walkable. And, like, we were going to the concert, and we totally, like, I was, like, 
I think that's the guy from Taking Back Sunday. And they're like, you're an idiot. And then it turned out Straight Night Run was opening, so it totally was. And so, like, <laughs> out of the blue, we're running into, like, one of our favorite singers of our favorite bands walking the streets of Toronto before the show. It's pretty oh. fun. Yeah, like, Canadian Music Week is coming up in Toronto, uh, like, in early May. And honestly, like, you, like, if you spit on the sidewalk, you're probably going to hit somebody who's in a band. <laughs> like, it's just, like... get some good interviews out of this? I hope so. Like, I asked them for a media pass, and I think, um, I might have asked them a bit late. And they're starting to crack down a little bit on podcasts now, because I yeah. guess, you know, it's... Radio's getting pissed that we're actually making them, and they're like, we can't handle this. Something better's working. People are listening. We gotta stop it. <laughs> and it's, like, hugely uh, paid for by radio. So, like, uh, fair enough. Um, but I probably am still gonna go. <laughs> it's so easy nowadays. Well, alright, maybe it's not easy, but yeah, there's, there's ways to get people, like, I mean, I don't know about you, like, I very rarely go through PR or anything of that nature. I'm, it's, it, you can get to people at a certain level easier nowadays than you ever could, so I, I rarely ever go to someone's PR or anything. I'm always like, find them on Twitter or send them a direct email, and yeah. sometimes I it's amazing. I'm a lot more luck that way too. Yeah. I've done PR. And then nothing happens. And then, yeah. uh, and then I send an email. They're like, Oh, I never heard about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, that sounds exactly right. They'll be like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know anything about this. I would absolutely, this is so exciting. And I'm like, Well, you would have been excited a month ago when I brought the right? yeah, up. But I mean, like, fair enough. They have to do their job and like guard their gates or whatever the fuck. But like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of, um, it's, that's why I love Twitter. Cause you're just that's like, Hey. And- <laughs> I, I notice a lot of people are super into podcast who aren't into interviews like podcasts because it's not an interview. It's like, hey, let's just just talk and show me your personality. And if it's your show, it's tell me a story. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I must have found your show on. Uh, it has to be through Twitter. I'd be the only way I'd find anything nowadays. That's the only place I talk about it or have anything to do with it. They asked me today, like, if I have a Facebook page. And I hate Facebook and I don't know how to use it. It's not like I don't know how to use it. It's like I, I hate everything about it. And yeah, I don't want good. like my personal shit up there. Like I'm happy mm-hmm. to do one for my show. So it must have been through Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but look, Facebook, like you don't I don't interact with people on Facebook the way you do on Twitter. Like it's just not set up for that. So like I have a Facebook page for the show, but it's just like it just sits there. But is it, it like really attached make... to your name though? No. Um well I have no, it's not. Okay. But, but I don't know if you can just make a show page without having a personal account. But Oh, you can't. Yeah, maybe you can't. I have a personal account, but I mean my personal account's not really that great either. It's just like, hey, listen to my show once a week and then wish me a happy birthday. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it but I don't know. I mean and maybe it's good to have just so no one else steals it from you, but like overall the interaction on it is like minimal. I find my reach on there is nothing. Um yeah, it, it's just kind of, I have an Instagram for no reason other than just to have one. I'm like, for, for yeah. the show, I'm like, I don't know. But Twitter is set up to talk to people. It is. It's perfect for this. I did set up an Instagram and actually it's been, um, I just set it up like last week or the week before. Yeah. Uh, because I do take, and I'm terrible about it. Like I should take pictures with the bands. But I, Yeah, that would be so I, smart. I feel like such an asshole doing it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get yeah. with you. Because I never want them to feel like, you know, like they're sweaty. They're just getting off stage. Like it's not a photo opportunity for anyone. No. And I don't want to feel like a jackass. Um, but with all the pre-interviews that I'm going to do um, for the, the next uh, big festival, I am going to do it. And then like it's I can like, populate my Instagram. 
Yeah, it's like you want to be more uh, friend than fan. I don't know, I get that feeling. I yeah. do, because... I And I've seen them with the media, too, and they're really uncomfortable. Um, and I, I never wanted that. I just wanted to, like, capture... When I used to, like, work backstage at a festival, I would see them come off and, like, Gord Downey would be there with, like, a beer, and he was, like, so relaxed and happy and, like, telling stories and jokes to, like, whoever the hell's back there. And I'm like, this is comedy gold. Plus, right. it's, like, a huge musical name. And, yeah, so I never want to be, like, strict. <laughs> okay, well, you just said something I want to learn more about. So you work backstage. Like, what's your background for this stuff? I, uh, I'm excited to learn this about you. So you worked in the industry in some facet? Yeah, sort of. Um, like, I had a radio show uh, when I was in university. And oh, Canadians. You guys, <laughs> we call that college down here. <laughs> right, but we have a totally separate, extremely I know. different system called college. I know. Isn't, it's so weird. when they, I, I think it's great. I love, I've had plenty of Canadians on the show. I love every one of them, and I think it's so funny. But, like, the UK as well. Maybe yeah. a Commonwealth thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. What so is I, the difference from university and college? I just, I have to know. Oh, it's a, it's a huge difference. So if you go to college, you get a, you get a job, like in a field. Like, okay. Like you can become like a welder or like a paramedic. Oh, so that's like tech school down here. That's what they, a vocational sort school of, they call it here. I'm like a social worker or like. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's really diverse actually. Like a lot of the colleges now are doing a lot of business stuff, but at a university great. take like, universal courses like anthropology and mm-hmm. like philosophy i think it's really really good to have it doesn't get you a fucking job but it's like yeah that sounds a lot like uh liberal art colleges in the states that's that I probably went to. what it is yeah but then yeah. like if you want to be a doctor you have to go to university yeah yeah or like a lawyer or like something yeah. with an er at the end you have to go to university <laughs> first <laughs> so anyways i had a yeah i had a show in college um and i was like two I wasn't shy because I've never been shy, but um, I was not comfortable. I didn't think I had anything to say. Um, so I just like played music all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I guess a music nerd. And I've never been able to call myself that because my sister is like the biggest music nerd on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always like, maybe I am, but she's always going to be a thousand times better. So I can't call yeah. myself that. But um, other people have, so I'm like, all right, maybe I am. Uh, so I just played like all the music that I loved and people listened to it like a lot, which was great. Um, and then when I went to do my masters, uh, I was on like a radio show there a couple of times and, um, just by happenstance, I was like explaining like whatever fucking thing I was protesting at the time. And, um, it turned out like I, I was good. So I always like a little wanted to do it. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> And then I started I mean, like collecting stories, and then I worked at a music festival for years. Can you say the name of the festival? Is it still around? Yeah, no, it's Hillside Music Festival in Guelph. Okay. Um, they're still around. I think they're in their thirty-third year. Jeez. Year. Yeah, it, it's a very long-running, highly successful, not-for-profit music. Oh, that's even better. That makes me like I, you even more. One of the only ones in the world. I don't know, um, but I worked there for like a, a while and um yeah i really liked it uh i think that's probably how i got like exposed to music festivals for the most part although i had been to like a thousand concerts before and probably yeah. since. um 
and my sister was like a band manager and like oh no way really into the scene yeah she's not anymore uh mm-hmm. but she was like then and so yeah. what music scene are you were you guys involved in mostly like indie indie bands like uh, in and around toronto that okay. type of stuff uh but like hillside is not far from toronto it's like an hour away and they okay. have like like they're they became really famous kind of overnight um when they booked arcade fire right before they became oh, yeah. like, arcade fire like, <laughs> they played the festival and then they became like one of the biggest bands in the world the next day so um yeah that's that's kind of their notoriety um, but they book a lot of up and coming acts. Like the the best band you're going to hear in five years will probably play Hillside this year. Oh, that's awesome! That's but you really great. Who they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in five years, it, you'll be like, oh my god! <laughs> I saw them at that festival. Yeah, I love that stuff. I'm I'm not nearly into this music scene as I once was. Like when I was much younger, I was that was like oh my that was like my thing. I grew up like really into like uh I guess like the punk rock emo screamo ska scene and kind of hardcore scene that i didn't really like as much but there was a lot of good canadian bands but um i mean i still there's a did you ever listen to silverstein another a toronto band i actually still listen to them unapologetically and <laughs> their singer has a great podcast now that i listen to all the time that yeah. seems yeah the lead singer syndrome it seems to be like a thing of all the bands from that era that are still around really? are all uh are all like making podcasts now so it, it's on the uh, Jabberjaw Network, which was basically like an independent music podcast network. It's fucking awesome. It has uh, Matt Pryor from the Ghetto Kids as a podcast. Huh. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I was talking uh, to um, Rusty. You know what? I never pronounce his last name right. Um, but he like he tours with like the Sheepdog sometimes, and he uh, was in like the Waking Eyes. And Imagine Cities out of like Winnipeg. So this is like, and now he produces this band called, uh, Slow Leaves and it, like probably 10 other bands. This kid like never sleeps. Yeah. Um, and I was, uh, I was with them like la, I think like Friday, I did a podcast with them and he's like, I'd really like to do a podcast. I'm like, please, yes. Like, you know so much about music. And he had a radio voice. I'm like, Rusty. Do it, but do it like on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, make a network. Make you should just make your own network and then steal them in there, right? Yeah, this could be where the idea is born. Yeah, right there. Uh, where did I have? I do have to ask you one real question for the show. Uh, where did your uh, the do 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 come in for <laughs> your idea for that? I get that stuck in my head so much. <laughs> Diamond Dave asked me that uh, on the last on the like when I talked to him last week. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I guess I was always doing it because um, I like. I guess I I sing a lot, uh, not well, and I'm no singer. But uh, I guess I was like doing it enough that one day my daughter, I think she was like two or three at the time, just like sang it back to me, and I was like, "Where did you get that from?" And my husband was like, um, "Like you sing it all the time." <laughs> I'm like. Oh. <laughs> And then when I met with um, this guy, Mike, uh, from the university that I work at now, he uh, I met with him like to talk about starting a podcast because he does a little bit of work with Radiolab and uh, and he has a great That's podcast. Pretty and, cool. Yeah, he's very, he's a really cool dude, actually. We got to loop around back to that. Yeah, I hear that story oh, my God, I fucking love Radiolab. I know he's I don't know what his part is in it, though, so I might not be 
<laughs> so useful. Um, and he said, the first thing you have to do is like create a sound ID. And I was mm. like, Oh fuck. <laughs> Think about that. I just like, I got a huge opportunity to do this music festival. Um, it wasn't like handed to me. It was, I've known this person yeah. for 10 years. He trusts me. He knows my work. I worked my fucking ass off and I booked yeah, it. But I always like make it sound like, oh, I just fell ass backwards. I <laughs> worked for that. And, um, and yeah, and Spencer knows, like I met with him today. Uh, so I just did that as my sound ID is like a placeholder until I could like figure out how to like download proper music and build one. And then that ended up being it forever because people really liked it. It's, it's, it's very unique. Or it's extremely, it, it's unique and you're just never expecting it. And is that, it's just, I don't know why, cause everything is usually ambient noise or just whatever, but it's just so funny to hear someone go, do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't even know if that's right, but that's what I, I ended up doing a variation of that in my head when I was listening to it. <laughs> so it gets stuck in your head, like, cause Stanza. Yep. Can't stand ya. Stanza. <laughs> I hope it doesn't lean that way. I hope it's no. not like annoying for people, but. Well, as long as you don't like steal someone's clock and try to get them back into a date like George did, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> like, George, saying... what's in the bag? <laughs> <laughs> it's just only a lie if you believe it's a lie. <laughs> yeah, just made, all right, we're going to get along great. When you said Seinfeld reference, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> I actually said that line today. The I work for a behavioral health company and I forgot what we were talking about, but oh, I don't, I don't even know the context, but it was something extremely outrageous. But I think I go to my coworker, I'm like, it's not a blo- It's not a lie if you believe. <laughs> it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I god, I, man, I've been watching those on Hulu all over again. They're so it's, good though. Well, we don't get Hulu up here, but I have. Well, all this why not? That's really fucked up. That's a really great question for whomever runs Hulu. Listen to me now. <laughs> a little bit I do know about that because I, I I can get on my pedestal. I I love Hulu, but it is run very poorly. So I for some reason decided to read about it one day. Why their their structure is so terrible? It's owned by like six or seven different companies, like media companies, and it's almost like they keep it mediocre as possible. I think cable companies own it own it because their layout <laughs> that middle road. <laughs> yeah, they're like let's not try to be good. Because I uh, like let's not be. I think it's like Sony, Warner Brother, all the big. So it's almost like cable companies are like, let's give you the thing you want, but not that good. So maybe, <laughs> and maybe not if you live in Canada, apparently. And I live international. <laughs> like we had it for like a week. That was the weird thing because they they let us you know like log in and like be part of it, and then one day I just went to go log in to watch the Mindy Project, and they were like, no, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> if I gave you like if someone gave you an account in the states, you still can't use it. You know what? I don't know. I didn't go that route on like my internet browser where I can like pretend I'm from whatever the fuck country I want. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I could probably watch on there, but because we have like uh, Roku up for our TV, yep. we, we can't. They're like, no, we see what you're doing. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too bad because it's a good season of Mindy Project so far. I know. God damn. It's I not going the way I thought. I can get it other ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're making they make it so you have to. It's uh, a yeah. my favorite. Have you seen the first episode of the new season? The first yeah. half of the new season yet? Uh, the only, um, which kind of relates like to it. One, I think. Of the whole series. No, I've seen episode one of this new season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you see the Stevie Wonder montage they do? No. Right, that's the mid-season. How they like. 
so it's weird because it's like the first the half it's like half a season is almost like a season then they come back they've only done two episodes so far but the first way they do a sick montage of a I think it's a Beatles song. I'm not even sure, but that um, I'm not going to sing it because <laughs> I can't sing. But it's like that life is very strange and then you die song. So I th- is that a Beatles song? I, I don't really know. But it's Stevie Wonder's version, so it's like super funked up. And it's like my f- I've actually I made my wife watch it like 12 times just because I like I love montages. And I'm like, I love this song. It's like a music video. I too love montages. It's like a thing. I like I watch them on YouTube all the time. I was a child of the eighties though, so like I have an excuse. I sense yeah. they're younger than I am. I'm thirty one. Oh, okay, all right. I'm thirty six. Yeah. Oh yeah, so all right. Yeah, it's so yeah, we're see see to me I think we're the same age, but if someone I met was twenty six, I'd be like, Oh no, you're You're a baby. <laughs> you're a baby compared to me. Back no, but you to were, work. we're in the same frame. Yeah. Same yeah. same pool of references. <laughs> Same generation. Yeah. 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 How did you get into podcasting? Can I ask you a question on your own show? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no format. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I, the, the first, I don't know the exact answer how I first started, but I listened to the AP podcast, you know, the, I don't know, if you know, uh, Alternative Press a long time ago. And then I listened to Hi, My Name is Mark with Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just found out today came back like eight years later. So I'm really happy. I just Woo! found it today. I'm so stoked. Uh, but I listened to it on the computer, and there was only a handful, and I just, I don't know. And then maybe I just disappeared for a while. Maybe I had an eye touch or something like that. And then my brother basically kind of, my, I have an older brother who kind of is like, hey, check out this podcast called The Nerdist Podcast. It's like, it's that guy from uh, Singled Out with a couple of comedians you don't know about talking to people you like. And yeah. at this time, I was like, okay. And I had just moved to Providence where I live in Rhode Island. And so I, I was working where I could walk to work at the time, which was great. So it was nice. just like, you need dream. To, yeah, oh, it was great. It was like a half hour walk downtown and I just, I would take the bus so I could walk and I would just be like, put on some headphones and then fucking rabbit hole. Went down the rabbit hole, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find one and then you're like, doom, 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 doom. Seriously, I could like when you go into their back catalogs, you're just like, I could, well, I, I, I can't leave the house today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck here now. Except I can throw it in my headphones, but still. Yeah, and but yeah, I listen to a lot of the NPR shows too. Yeah, they have a lot of really was, good ones. Yeah, so I just uh became obsessed with podcasting and just went down a rabbit hole and oh yeah, This American Life, Radio Lab, those shows started. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. Kind of started getting into play. The older I got, the less, sadly, the less music I was listening to and just like podcasts. But yeah, um, I've, I've had a balance. I listen to new music again, so it's good. Okay. Well, and then there's podcasts like mine where it like brings them together for you. <laughs> yes. I, I, you know, I went down like a rabbit hole of, I started with like really heavily doing like comedy podcasts. And then there's like a Venn diagram of like independent musicians who do comedy or like comedy, like, uh, like the Dave Hills or stuff like that. So like, um, that was really fun. There's a podcast I fell in love with called Going Off Track, which is uh, Stephen Smith, who used to have a show in Fuse. Did you get Fuse up there? No. Uh, I think Much Music was the Canadian alternative, which is much, much bigger. It was called Stephen's Untitled Rock Show. It's him and then Jonah Bear from uh, United Nations. And they were just having like comedians and musicians on. And I was like, oh, my God. There's people out there who love music and comedy. And then, of course, your show the same way. Put your hands together, my friend. Yeah, it's the PB and J of the podcast world. <laughs> yeah, and that's and and like it's great because all comedians and musicians are like 
Comedy and music are like cousins. You know, they're different, but they're so similar. Well, it's like, it's storytelling. It's just like two different formats and they're both stage related. Uh, and honestly, like I've interviewed both, um, a lot recently because <laughs> I did like back to back fest. I did like a music festival and then a comedy. Oh, yeah. Festival. I was listening to your comedy ones too. They were fucking awesome. They are. And honestly, they were like so fucking fun to do. Um, and I didn't do it right when they came off stage for all of them. Um, I think that might relate a little more to music. Uh, but they were like, oh my God, they were so good. Like I'm still in touch with some of them. They were so fucking awesome and so approachable. And I was, uh, in love with it. Like I'll do another comedy one a hundred percent. Um, but music's kind of my, more my go-to. The, the comedy one happened by, you know, not by happenstance. I was like, ooh, this is like, Looking pretty good. I want to go to that. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Podcast there. <laughs> Did you start your podcast as a way to go to free things? No, not at all. Um, I can basically go to music festivals for free anyways. Uh, oh, wow. That sounds really snotty and fancy. That's not true. I volunteer at festivals because mm-hmm. I've worked at them for years and I have like some expertise, so that's why. And then... Um, I really like I started it for it's not it's not a really fun story, um, but I started doing a little bit of podcasting uh, just, you know, for my family and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I got I got like a go- the golden ticket to uh, this to this festival that's really down the road for me. Um, and this uh, guy, Spencer Schuen, uh, w- was one of the festival managers and I had worked with him at that at the other music festival at Hillside. And uh, I had been doing the podcast for a little while. I really was interested in talking to bands and uh, remembered like what it was like backstage with them and like and how good it was. And I thought, you know, I sh- I, I'd really like to capture some of that and just see how it plays. And he so I approached him. And I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> and he's like. Yeah, no, that's great. You're, you're funny. Yeah, that's, let's do that. I'm like, holy fuck. Okay. So, <laughs> so then I did and it took like months of editing. I had like over 200 hours of tape. Oh my God. Yeah. I bit off maybe more than I could chew quickly. Um, but how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> so yeah, it worked out all right. <laughs> yeah. And because you've worked in that, uh, field, you knew the, uh, the etiquette and how to like make a band feel comfortable and just like, you know, not be like, I knew one of the managers too. Yeah. So it, it worked out. And like the context that I have from working in the industry, like from, you know, uh, just the different people that I've worked with over, over the years. Um, I just delved into that. Like I called in every favor I've ever, ever needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, do you have like a fantasy in like five years? So you look back at your podcast, which is still running and be like, Damn, I had them on way before they're the next, like, Adele or whatever the biggest music artist in the world is right now. Right now. I really, I, I don't know. Um, that's a really good question. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I think, I think I maybe don't, um, view music that way. I, I think it's, it's really exciting when, like, a band that, that I've loved, uh, suddenly gets notoriety. Um, because I always want them to be successful and, like, make money doing their art. But. Yeah. typically because it's so indie that's it's not likely to happen like Adele's not not so indie um what I have her on the show yes Adele if you're listening hello (laughs) 
Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, if they blow up and become huge, that's super exciting. And then I'll have them on the show again. Uh, but I definitely like, I really do like talking to the up and coming bands, especially the ones that kind of open for these bigger bands because they're so enthusiastic and like so fucking excited to talk to me. And some of the bigger bands just kind of assume I'm media and are just like, okay, uh, and then they meet me. I'm like, I'm not media. I'm just really excited. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah. Okay. Well, we can have a beer with you and have fun. I'm like, that's right. You're going to love me by the end of this. And um, even if they're resistant at first, but the, the younger bands or the newer bands are like thrilled. They're so excited. And they often have like phenomenal stories because they don't have any kind of filter and they don't have any media training. So you get really great shit. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I don't think I, uh, I did not know that's a thing, uh, media training. Like when you get to a certain level in that world of music or film or television, you actually get taught how to talk to the media. I, I didn't know that was like a thing. I hope, I hope it's not, um, I really hope podcasting is kind of raging against that machine because I really don't agree with media training. Um, I have none. Uh, I certainly did like, take some media training when I had to do media as part of my job. Like when I had to be like interviewed and like that type of thing. And I never liked any of it. I'm like, okay, well, why don't I just fucking read, you know, word for word, what someone else wrote for me, not mean anything, have zero connection with the human I'm talking to and just be a fucking robot. I'm like, nobody likes that. And when you see bands, they're like, I'm going on tour here. And then we're there being on the road is lots of fun and stories. Like they are so zombie. Mm. And then, yeah, I found when they got to me, I was like, I'm not media. Let's go have a beer and talk. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. hey. <laughs> Tell us something that's incriminating without too incriminating yeah. about your, your last tour. Well, I think I'm good. I, I had to take some stuff out that probably uh, is closer to incriminating. Is anyone going to go to jail? No. Um, are they saucier stories? Like my parents listen to my show and some of these, you know, backstage stories, I feel you can imagine what they are. Yeah. Uh, so I think I might put that, like I'm going to set up a Patreon uh, in the next month and I might put them on there to be like, these are the B sides. <laughs> yep. 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 If you want to hear this band once they're like super high and really letting loose, here they are. <laughs> Cause they say, here's yes, all the fucked up shit we did. Yeah. Here's all the fucked up shit that we did backstage. <laughs> what was your entry point into music? And, uh, growing up, like before, before all this happened, like just as a kid, parents really into music? I, I have always really, really been into music. Um, my parents always had, well, like more my mom than my dad really, uh, always had music playing. There was never, I think, a minute in my life where there wasn't music on. Um, I played, uh, piano, um, at like the Royal Conservatory and, took that for like what felt like a thousand and a half years. I wrote music. I wrote lyrics. Um, my sister was in a band that actually got pretty big uh, for Canada. Like, <laughs> what that's band? Not, they weren't like huge, but they, they did well. They yeah. booked show and she continued to manage like a lot of different bands. Um, and she's uh, like, because she's such a music fanatic and we were so close, I think um, I didn't have a chance at not being involved. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was much of a choice. Uh, yeah. And then I, my favorite thing in the world, like remains seeing bands live. So, uh, I've, yeah, I don't know how many concerts I've been to, but 
I would really love to sit down and figure it out one day. I I think we've crested a thousand. I oh wow! Yeah, I'm pretty. I like it. <laughs> that's like that's it. fair. That's great. Yeah, because I think that's the measure of a band. It's like I think yeah, that's yeah. down CD. Let me hear you in real life. Oh, you're terrible. Well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or it's like oh you play to a track and uh you are actually terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's true. That happens. Uh, what 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 band was your sister in? Uh, she's in a band called France for a Hundred. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know there. <laughs> Not heard of them, and that is okay. Uh, but they did uh play a lot of shows. I mean, this is like in the '90s. Although uh, I do have to say, like, I um went to high school and kind of grew up in St. Catharines, Ontario, and St. Catharines in the 1990s was uh like I, I feel like Alan Cross, who's like one of the biggest you know music people in Canada. He does like the huge radio show for it. Um, mm. Do an entire season of what it was like in that city at that time, because so yeah. many of the best bands in North America and certainly in Canada came out of that scene. And in fact, the music festival at that time was called Scene, like the St. Catharines Entertainment, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember what it stood for. Uh, but every year we would have like all these up and coming bands and you would go to the shows and you're just like, holy fuck, like where do I live that the music's this great? And then like years later, you would see they were all like getting signed like all over the place. It was really, really cool. There's a band from Canada that was called like the Rainbow Butt Monkeys or something weird, but they are in the 90s. They turned into Finger Eleven. They did. A hundred percent they did. Yeah, I didn't know that the can the Canadian and uh North American music scenes are actually like very segregated. Like for whatever reason it's like the industries are very different. We're like it's hard for a Canadian band to get out of Canada or in the States and vice versa. I don't know what it is. Well, the States is like such a flooded market, right? Like why would you have a Canadian band when you have like thirty Usually it's 30 to 1, right? Because our, our populations, yeah. um, there's like 30 bands that sound kind of similar. You really have to be like to make it in Canada. You do have to go to the States if you want to make money because the Canadian, mm. we just don't have the population. And it's an ongoing yeah. why we can't make bands any money. Um, and it's like so you have to, the cities are so far apart. You're traveling for days on end. Like it kills people. It's so difficult. And whereas, like, you can go to Texas and play, like, five great cities in a single weekend. You can't do that. Yeah, my, I have a cousin who was in a band, like, in the 90s, and, like, I think they made all their money, like, mostly, like, Europe. Especially yeah. in the countries. Yeah, it's just so much different. It's yeah. Just, yeah. The last band that my sister managed, uh, Dance Yourself to Death, they, um, am I thinking of the right one? Oh, God. She's managed quite a few. Anyways, they went over to Germany and became, like, one of the biggest bands in Germany. And Germans really love music. Let me say that right now. When people go to Europe, everyone's like, oh, you made it big in Europe. Uh, Europeans are on the fucking cutting edge of music. (laughs) Oh, they're always ahead of us. In a decade. Like, they're so fun. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot of people do go there because it's a bigger market. And the States is... It's funny, too, when you have, like, friends or family or bands that you know that go to Japan and they do like sold out tower record shows and then you see their show and like they can't even sell out their hometown and it, it, it's such a it's so true it happens all the time it does and especially in Canada if you it's yeah if you want to make it as a band you got to go international you, but it's like expensive as shit to get there I mean like homegrown talent like yeah it's I don't even know like they must play like a thousand shows and then 
create a God, somebody <laughs> hears them who can help. Like it's very, it's a difficult, it's a very difficult market. Did you ever see that documentary, uh, the other F word? No. It's really good. It's about the singer of like, uh, Pennywise. And it's all about, about basically punk rockers who, uh, have kids. And, uh, but it kind of follows his decision to quit his band. But they go on tour for like 340 days of the year and he has to leave his kids at home. And like, I mean, he has like a middle class living. He's not poor, but it's like, we all have this misconception and like that sex, drugs and rock and roll. You're a millionaire, but like, Tours a lot sad. Tour can be a lot sadder than people think. There's a lot of a uh, alone in a hotel, eating shitty food, playing the same show over and over. Yeah. yeah, I was interviewing a band and their um their dates got screwed up, and I drove like two hours to see them. Uh, like my podcast, there's a lot of fucking work behind the scenes. Yeah, I just had to leave my living room to come in here. It's like a, it's, it's a very difficult, um, one that I just like decided to do. Uh, but I really love it. And, uh, so I drove like a couple hours to see them. They had emailed me on the way. I didn't get it in time. They didn't realize how far I was traveling. And they had just come in from like another part of Canada. Everything got fucked up. They weren't doing their show. And then, uh, we ended up like just meeting in their hotel and they were like, Talk, like laughing about the typical media interview where they're like, hey, 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 it's Bob doing at KCC, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> like, What's it? tell me all your best road stories. And they're like, well, we sat in traffic for an hour and a half outside of Toronto and played Sudoku. <laughs> I really miss yeah. my kids. <laughs> yeah, so it's not That's really... Funny, Old, older bands is funny. My cousin, um, maybe two years, is doing a quick tour and it was just more to break even and and, you know, it was just funny because like her kid was at home. She lives in Oregon, and uh, it's like oh, I miss Nico, but you know it was vacation for her because it was like you don't get to do this anymore. Well, and that's kind of nice too, right? Where they can get they can get home, and in a lot of them, it is fucking rock and roll. Like the backstage scene can be extremely bananas and fun. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like that's at a festival. Been to a few of those when I was younger, but it's it's you know I always find odd when you meet those people who are like. In their forties, so they're still acting like that. I'm like, come on, get it together. Yeah, but it is, and it's and it's a little bit more of a rare bird that's still doing that, and they do have to achieve, I think, a certain amount of fame uh, to sustain that kind of a life, um, and to sustain mm-hmm. that interest in that kind of a life. Like, if you were, you know, mid-level failure for like. X amount of years, you wouldn't be in your 40s partying like a rock star. You couldn't fucking afford to. And um, yeah. you'd be extremely lonely. So, <laughs> so I think that's the trade-off. Yeah. Like the Rolling Stones probably can still be partying. <laughs> yeah, or like the Eagles who could fly private jet from hotel to hotel to hotel. And uh, and there's like the bands who are still, like the Ramones never left the band. <laughs> so it's like, it's insane. Yeah. Like, it's insane. <laughs> I want to ask you about the uh, that comedy festival. I'm sorry, I can't remember the comedian you had for Last Comic Standing, but they were telling that story about like uh, in Mexico with their girlfriend. They were so fucking funny. Yeah, she really, really is though. Like, um, oh my god, she's a uh, a rock on tour, if you will. She is. Did you see her on the show? Like on the? Um, no, I never watched that show, but I feel like I would love it because I love comedy. You would, and honestly, like like Eliza Schlesinger came out of that. Amy Schumer came out of that. Like, Schumer, yeah. Doug Benson was on her there. in like a couple weeks. Yeah, Amy Schumer, I fucking love her. Amy Schumer? Yeah, I'm gonna see her like uh, either New York or Buffalo, like in a in a couple of weeks. 
Oh, no way. Yeah, I saw her once. Did you? Yeah, the Oddball Comedy Fest. She was so funny. I love her. I think she's so great. I missed seeing her last year, so I'm going to catch her tour this year. And I'm going to do a podcast um, with one of my best friends. We're going to record us going to the show and, to try to talk to her. Uh, it's called Chasing Amy Schumer. <laughs> we're going to see if we can get her on the show. So hashtag Chasing Amy Schumer um, is coming for you. <laughs> see, I don't think I know anyone who knows her. You know that whole, like, you can do it through six people? Yeah, that's often extremely true. Yeah, well, alright, I know two people that know one person that know her. But there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, so that's not helpful. It's close, it's close, man. Like, I think, if I go back through, um, like, the comedians that I had on, someone at some point will probably open for her opener. And that's how mm-hmm. I'm going to get in. But I only have like, two yeah. weeks to figure this shit out because it's really coming up. <laughs> I know. Um, so I've had Jimmy LaChase on and, and uh, Lindsay Goldwer, and they are friends with this guy named Mark Norman, and he opens for her a good amount. Oh, right. So find him on Twitter and get to work. I will. Mark Norman, you say? <laughs> yeah, funny guy. He, uh, he was just on Lindsay's podcast called Spent, and that's why I was like – and my and Jimmy mentioned that he they've opened – he opens a colleges for it sometimes, what? so. What? I don't know. I'm now committed to your cause for you. <laughs> it's really going to be fun. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, my friend and I are, like, we're going to have a great time regardless. And I'm really excited to see her. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. A good comedy show. It's like, like a good concert. Like, you just, it's vacation. You just come out and you feel good. Don't you feel funnier after? Like, I feel, like, yeah. funnier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And we went to my wife and I went go to any. We have a small theater by us, and that does good like alt comedy and indie music, and it's just the best. Nice three hundred cap room. I have to drive a fucking hour for any of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, we just don't have stuff like that here. You have to really. Party. I know. There's so, a lot of time in the car. I get that. If I could turn my podcast into. Dear Patreon, everybody, uh, if I could turn my podcast into a full-time gig, that this is what I would do. Oh, God, that would be amazing. I wish... That's yeah, like the dream, right? Make this a full-time gig, do five interviews a week, someone else edits it for me and markets it. I've thought, I've thought of that. My husband's like, because I have like a backlog... Um, which I'm always embarrassed to talk about. I'm backlogged like usually 20 or 30 interviews deep at any given time. Damn. And like I have enough where I wouldn't need to talk to anybody for a year, except I always want more. Um, and I do spend like a lot of time and effort on it. Uh, but my husband's like, why don't you just outsource your editing? I'm like, cause I wouldn't trust anybody. <laughs> I know. And then, You'd lose the money you're not even making to begin with. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I couldn't, like, pay anybody. I could give them concert tickets. I could pay them in kind. <laughs> but that's about it. Do you have any, like, have you had any bad interviews yet? I have one really difficult interview um, with uh, someone who, by the end of it, we became friends. He's very anti-media and didn't believe me when I said I wasn't really media. He's like, well, uh, you are actually, and here's why. And I'm like, that's like, <laughs> he really jumped on me about it. And I'm like, okay, well, um, maybe let's have a drink and calm down and, <laughs> and I'll reapproach you. Uh, and by the end of it, he was awesome and great. And we, we had a, a great time together. 
Um, it does take, whoa, it does take, uh, I, I take some rejection. I'm not, I'm not great at rejection. <laughs> I can definitely, it hurts my feelings when people are like, no, I'm like, <laughs> I like go and hide for like five minutes and try to get my shit together. Cause it's very, it's hard for someone to like look you in, it's, it's better over email if I do the ask ahead of time. Because uh, I can handle rejection via email because it doesn't feel as personal. Um, but I did have a band um, last summer say no quite gruffly to my face. And um, he was very mean about it. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. Like, I'm not, you're not required to talk to me. Like, would you like to come and tell me a story? I'm working with the people who, like, put this show on. I'm not, I didn't climb a fence to attack you, sir. And he was just like very gruff and kind of needlessly rude. And um, yeah, I won't name names, but I'll say uh, sometimes middle of the road bands have attitude. Up and comers are amazing and established bands are usually extremely amazing. Um, This wasn't either of those. And the band that he opened for, was like, absolutely, let me buy you a beer, lady. Let's hang down. This is, like, fucking awesome. I'm like, hmm, person who opened for you wouldn't speak to me. <laughs> I was trying to think of a funny joke, but I couldn't think of any band reference. I was like, Billy Joel did that to you? <laughs> like, no, that wouldn't be a male. Billy Joel wouldn't turn down a band. And it wasn't, it wasn't a band I was, like, so familiar with either. Um, and I was just like, oh, maybe this is, like, a thing where they're kind of jackasses. But then I saw them talking to, like, media later. And they were totally, yeah. Yeah. like, not friendly to them either, but they did speak to them. And they were like, yeah. okay. The tough things with bands are that you have one interaction with one member, and then we all make an assumption about the entire band. Because sometimes bands just have one dickhead member, and they have four wonderful people in it. And I've I've had that experience. That's 100% true, and which is why I will never name that band, because it could have just been that jackass. And maybe he's not even yeah. in the band anymore. Maybe everyone else thought he was a jackass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we start kind of winding it down a little. Uh, what what music should we be listening to since you're, you're in the thick of it? Okay, so this is like a very exciting topic for me. I'll try to keep it quick because I see you're trying to get on with your life. Um, no, no. No, I have nothing to do. I just, I've been warned by people like, you know, you always just end it so abruptly and I thought we were just talking. So I'm trying to like let people know. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Make sure if there's anything you need to get out, get it out now. <laughs> I got reruns still. I got to watch Veep tonight, and then I got to go to I bed. like it. <laughs> this sounds like a great night. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I'm doing tonight. Uh, yeah, I think of, like, some of the bands that I have seen live and I'm going to see live, like, the festival season is about to kick off um, up here. Like, it usually starts swinging up here in May, and it goes until uh, fucking October. So, okay, well, the wow. sunshine's the Strumbellas. Uh Yes, uh, they're coming to Providence. I'm going to oh see them. Oh, my God. They're playing love a free it. show. They are so fucking good live. I love that song. Yeah, it's really, it's so funny. They've been around for a long time. They've been working really hard. They've been, like, working their way up. And then to see it happen is spectacular. And they're so good live. You're going to love them. Oh, I can't. Yeah, our radio station uh, puts on a series of free summer concert series. And usually you're like, oh, Government concerts, this can't be that great. I saw Andrew McMahon last year. I saw Young the Giant before they blew up. I saw Walk the Moon before they blew up. Like, we have this great independent radio station in our, in our city 
teams up. They do it right on the waterfront. It's fucking Andrew McMahon's one of my favorite artists of all time. So it was like fucking. That amazing. is so cool that they put on like that's and good concerts. You know, it's not like a bar band. Like actual, uh, we're having like a PBD fest, Providence PBD fest. They call it, and Strumbellas are. Uh, I believe they're playing that one, or they're playing the BRU concert. But I know they're coming through, and I'm going to see them. That is so great. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I think you're going to hear them for a hell of a treat. And um, it's still early for them. So even if you go to see them next year, it'll be a totally different show. And that's that's what I love about live music is the bands that are really in it for the long haul, that have the talent and have the legs to keep going, you can see it at their show. Like, you see it. And then you see them again next year, you're like, holy fuck, you're even better. Which includes the band. Yeah. Holy yeah. fuck. That's a great band. <laughs> There's a band called Holy yeah, Fuck. They're excellent. Um, and they're I also involved that. in like another, another side project, which may even be taking over this summer. I don't know. Uh, Winter Sleep is a great band. They've been around for a little while. Um, they're more known in Canada. Uh, they are, because of their latest album, I think they are on the cusp of blowing the fuck up. Like, um, they're beautiful live. Like they're so, they're so well rehearsed that you, you feel like they're trying to record an album at every show and they're not, they're just that good. And, um, yeah. it's always diverse. They always bring in other stuff. They work with other artists and they're just fucking awesome. So winter sleep, Strumbellas, I'm really excited for them. Um, I definitely, feel like there's so many up and comers I wouldn't even know where to start. But I I'd say those two this summer are gonna blow up. Um Arcade Fire is playing like a really huge show near me. Uh so I'm hoping to go over and catch up with them. I'm waiting to hear on that. And like as I talked to um Tim Kingsbury from the Arcade Fire last summer and I wanna try and I feel like over the next decade I could like meet with one band member per year and then finally get the whole band. <laughs> That's so cool. Is your husband on board for this too? Like, is he into the, the world or is he just like, this is your silly project? No, he is super into music. Uh, actually, that's like one of the, the big things we connected on when we were dating, uh, was how into the same music we, we were. And we're both kind of music nerds. He actually introduced me to, um, one of the last bands that I interviewed, uh, Slow Leaves out of Winnipeg. <laughs> and, um, Grant Dave- Davidson is the, is the guy that's in it. And my husband was just like, this is a really great, dude like out of winnipeg he's like i think he's gonna become something really really big like he's so fucking great and he played me the album and it's one of those things where like the hairs stand up on the back of your head you're just like sweet jesus this is going to be something it's pretty exciting do you listen to frank turner oh he's i fucking love him he's uh englishman Englishman. kind of uh acoustic folk okay punk i guess I know he's just really fun. I know he comes to Canada, the States all the time. He, he was in, uh, I think like a screamo band in Europe that probably didn't take off. And then he did the acoustic thing that made him huge. He's like one of those bands or artists that's huge worldwide, but not so much stateside. But like he opened like, he opened the Olympics. He toured with Green Day in China. And then like, yeah, he's just, the um, name so doesn't good. ring a bell, but I'm not usually great with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he comes through Canada, you got to interview him. 100%. I love that you think I have that power, but I will 100% try. <laughs> Just if you if you you if you say you have that power, you have that power. Come to me, Frank Turner. I'll just like conjure him from the midair. Oh, how did you end up? Um, uh, you were on the iTunes New and Noteworthy. Congratulations! Thank you. 
Uh, did that make any difference for you? Yeah, actually. Okay, I've heard a mixed bag of people. I've heard I've heard stories of people getting like five hundred thousand downloads the next day, and I've had other people like I've been on not new and noteworthy, but I've gotten like ranked, and then nothing. Happened. Nothing happens. <laughs> I I don't think a lot happens until um you get like to the the top row, and I'm in the top row in my category in Canada. So that's a lot of. That's awesome though. Um, I'm now like only a few rows. My husband like watches all this and tells me all the time. I, I like I'm too scared to look. Uh, and frankly, I don't know that it's going to make a difference. My numbers have gone up, not not right, any right. overnight million dollar situation. Um, but I'm open to that if it happens. <laughs> take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. You know it's fun. I've had I had a week where my numbers were just terrible before i'm on this new network and i was number 108 in the top comedy podcast i'm like itunes how the fuck do you do this this makes no sense <laughs> how do they do it so, yeah, they're a bit of a they've got one hell of an algorithm there i'll tell you that um, yeah because you know when you look at your episodes and it tells you which ones your most popular are according to itunes mine are never accurate compared to my actual numbers i'm like no no one downloaded that and everyone downloaded this one yeah mine are so, never like on so listen and when i see like the eye popularity yeah, yeah and then i go on lips and i'm like none of these fucking match but then like i keep yeah, like rising in the itunes ranks for reasons i can't explain <laughs> good for you and if you find out the secret let me know you know what rates and reviews definitely dumped yeah. me out so furry fucking rows so yeah yeah. Everybody, go rate and review. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're good at marketing. Am I? I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. Good news. <laughs> do 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 do. You gotta learn it, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope it gets stuck in people's heads. And yeah, when I start my Patreon, like my biggest fear is there's gonna be like zero dollars forever in it, and then I'll like embarrassingly take it down. <laughs> I'm <just> like. <laughs> Oh my god, I've totally thought of that too. I was like, I can't ask people for money. No one's gonna give it to me. They will. Like, um, <laughs> the guy from uh, Seven Days a Geek, and I, I know I talk about him too much because we're friends. Um, but the angry ginger uh, definitely said, "Do it. Just, just fucking do it." He's like, "I didn't think people would support my show." I'm like, "Your show is huge. That's different." <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I, I don't even know him, and I know his show. I've listened to his show. It's great. There you go. It is a great show. But don't they put out like an episode a day? Like they're like they're they're a fucking machine. They do a lot, and he like he does. I don't even know how many fucking shows he's got going on at once. I feel like he's producing like five shows. Um, and oh my god, he just launched another one today. This is hilarious timing. (laughs) He just yeah, we're just here to plug the angry ginger. Yeah, dear dear ginger, um, you really know what you're doing. And he's like, just fucking start it and see what happens. He's like, the worst thing that could happen is nobody does anything and you start a new one. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that seems reasonable. <laughs> so, so I'm going to do Are you trying to get on a network? Is that your goal? Or are you just- I don't really know. Like, I, I, um, I'm kind of part of his network now. Like, um, nice. I'm part of, like, Shumway Industries, but that's, I don't, it's not, I don't know, like, how does, I don't know what the network name is. I'm not really part of a network. No, no, it means. Would it help? Is that, like, should I be doing that? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Man, you're talking to the wrong person. I don't make a dime off of this. I just do it. Dear Netflix, you're out <laughs> I'm just there. To have fun. Um, my show is great. So <laughs> listen. 
Yeah. Well, so like, where can people find you online? So make sure you plug yourself, and I'll I'll put plugs in the beginning too. I'm on iTunes. That's probably the biggest place I get hits. Is iTunes? Uh, Tell me stories podcast with Paula Allen. You have to put the whole thing in, or they'll send you to like other ones that say the word stories in it. So don't do that. Uh, I'm on Libsyn. Tell me stories podcast My own website is tell me stories Extremely easy. And I'm on Twitter uh, at stories underscore podcast, which is the best way to reach me always. Um, yeah, you can email me, Paula, at tellmestoriespodcast.com. And let me look at my business card. <laughs> I have my phone number on here. I feel like it'd be so weird if someone just, like, called me out of the blue. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be weird. Actually, that did happen. Um, Odario from Grand Analog called me. <laughs> I was just like, where the fuck did you get my number? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you make a great point. Uh, yeah, so they can find me there. I'm, I guess I'm going to put together a Facebook page. Blah. But if there's, like, a really, like, hip teen who wants to, like, do my Facebook page for me, talk to me. I'll give you a free concert ticket. Uh, any hip teens out there? I don't know my demographic. It's probably my niece is going to call me. She'll be like, oh! <laughs> I'm a hip teen. I'm hip. <laughs> she is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This is a ton of thank fun. Thank you. This is great. Have a good rest of your night. Did you know that listening to Let's Chat with Revelin Friends can improve your memory, problem-solving skills, and ward off Alzheimer's? Hello, everyone. This is Dwight Hurst from the Broken Brain Podcast. It's a weekly podcast about mental health, psychology, and psychotherapy. And unlike the spurious claims I just made about listening to this show, we actually try to talk about things that are researched and true. If you believed the things I just said about Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, it probably would come true. That's called the placebo effect. My own experience has been that when I talk to Chris or listen to his show, I always walk away feeling like a little bit better, a little bit smarter, and like the world is a little bit better place to be. Anecdotal evidence that all my claims are true. So tuck yourself in and sit on back and listen to a great episode right now of Let's Chat with Revelin Friends. Take it away, Chris. Chris.